Hey, this is Adam Torres, and I'm here to tell you that it has never been easier to start your very own podcast. At Mission Matters, our goal is to amplify stories that matter. That means we want to help you start your podcast because your story matters. We can do this in three different ways. One, join our podcast school and take a free or paid course. Two, visit our resources page where we've already figured out what you need, such as where to host your podcast. Or three, heck, we can even do everything for you through our podcast agency, including editing for cheaper than you can do in-house. Oh, and no contracts, services month to month. Get started by heading over to missionmatters.com and click on start a podcast. All right, now let's get into the show. Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Money Podcast, your source for all things money. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, today I have Dan Caprill on the line, and he's the creator of Advisor Architect. Dan, welcome to the show. Adam, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, so excited to get into today's topic. So we're going to start talking about Advisor Architect and the model that you created to help our financial advisors out there. I know a lot of them listen to this money show, so uh, they're going to be tuning in closely. But before we get into that, um, just to give us a bit a feel of your background, tell us how you got started in your career and in business, please. Right. Well, after I graduated from college a long, long time ago, I uh, I started working for an insurance company, hoping it would just be like a one- or a two-year gig until I found something better. And the next thing I knew, it was a 10-year gig. And mm. I knew at that point I could not work for anybody else. I had to be self-employed. So because the insurance company had a brokerage division, I was able to learn a great deal about financial services by being an employee. And it was at that point that I decided to go out on my own and, and start my own practice. It was challenging because I really didn't know the first thing about how to do a lot of it. And I knew a lot of the technical aspects. But the running the business like a business was something that I spent the, the first two or three years studying. And that paid off tremendously. Well, it probably hurt my growth a little bit. Uh, when I look back today and ultimately what I've been able to create with Advisor Architect, it was largely because of that, the work that I put in in those early years. But at the end of the day, I just knew I couldn't work for anybody. I had to be self-employed. And that's what motivated me to make that leap. So, Dan, I'm going to ask you a loaded question here. So, uh, no, I'll just play it. It's not too loaded. Um, so somebody, if you if you could go back and tell, you know, the Dan that was just getting started again as, as an entrepreneur, right. if you could tell him and give him some, you know, advice and say, you know, Dan, this is some of these things that you should be thinking about, what kind of things would you tell him? Well, first of all, I would tell him to be a smart marketer. There's a tendency for financial advisors to define their success purely based on revenue. Too often they don't look at profitability. And as a result, they often spend money, particularly in the early years, they spend money that they often don't have trying to attract any kind of client. And as a result, they, they make a lot of the, the direct mail companies rich, but they, it takes a long time for them to become rich. And it's very sad because I've met financial advisors, who, and I dug, I dug my own hole early on. I was just mm -hmm. aware of what I was doing, and I was able to dig it out before it got too deep. But sadly, I've, I've met advisors with well over a million dollars of revenue every year. And when you look at their net worth, it's very small. In fact, I like to call them broke millionaires. So I would have spent a lot of more time 
understanding the principles of direct marketing, kind of the things Dan Kennedy teaches. I would have done that a lot more early on than trying a lot of these hit or miss techniques that I did back in the day. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so Dan, let's, uh, I think that's a great, a great transition. Let's just dive right into what you've created over at Advisor Architects. So tell us a little bit more about your business, please. Sure, sure. Um, back in those early days, one of the, one of the books I read that really made an impression on me was called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And most self-employed people, I think, have read that book. Although I don't know how many have actually applied it. But the E-Myth refers to the fact that so many business owners like to think of themselves as entrepreneurs. But in reality, they're not. They're small business owners. I mean, as, as Gerber defines an entrepreneur, it's somebody who can literally step out of his business and that business will continue to run and continue to thrive. But the entrepreneur works more on his business rather than in his business. And the way that that is achieved is through systems. You create systems that ultimately can run themselves with other people and have a reliable outcome. So you think like, for example, McDonald's franchise. There's a reason why the French fries pretty much taste the same no matter where you go in the world, because they're following a very specific system. There's huge benefits to that system. So when I did start my own practice, I recognized that, and I realized that we needed to create systems in a number of areas. We need to have a very specific system for metrics, for counting things, whether it be um, – uh, marketing metrics, or really just knowing where our money went. We had to be, we had to have a strong MIS system. Um, I needed to have a profitability system so that ultimately my profit goals would be met even if my revenue goals fell short. I needed to have a marketing system, one that created um, pretty much consistent results in terms of generating leads to people who would first reach out to me. I wasn't going to have to go chase down people who wanted nothing to do with me, no. I wanted to put an end to ever having to do any type of cold calling. Um, then, it, then I realized at that point I needed to develop a, a real selling system, not a selling system designed to convince people to buy stuff they didn't need, no, but to actually identify people who were really a right fit for working with a financial advisor because not everybody is a right fit. And too often, financial advisors waste a lot of their time trying to get people who shouldn't be working with them to buy something from them. And it's not a productive or profitable uh, relationship. That then, as time went on, I realized we then needed an automation system. And if I had a good automation system, I wouldn't need to have a huge overhead as it related to staff. And then lastly, the last two systems that I ultimately created and, and made a part of what I share with other advisors have to do with client retention. The first one is, how do you keep clients the up markets and down? And then the second one is, how do you turn the children of your clients as they become adults into clients so that when mom and dad pass, you continue to manage the assets? So these were the seven systems that I had built for my practice, and it got to a point where I didn't even have to run them anymore. Eventually, I brought in a junior partner. Um, because of our automation, I've always been able to operate with just one administrative person and really, we have a fairly large practice. I mean, we manage over $200 million. We have clients in 20 states. We work with roughly 200 families. But we don't have the huge overhead that so many other practices have. And as a result, we have a lot more profitability. 
Wow, what an amazing story. I love it. And I don't know if I've met another person. Um, I, I know a lot of advice, a lot of things, but most people don't take that automated approach and like still and pull it off correctly and build all those systems mm-hmm. out. So this all, it's usually very, for a $200 million practice, I mean, you got in terms of assets under management, you have a lot, of, there's usually a lot of admin staff, a lot of different things that go into that. So even being able to cut mm-hmm. out a person or two is a huge benefit. But going the full route that you went is, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, so what kind of, um, like, so there's advisors out there right now. There's people that are starting practices. There's people that think of, are thinking of going independent and they're still kind of plotting things out. I mean, a lot of different types of uh, advisors that are listening right now. What, what, first off, just to, just to start it, um, what kind of um, advisors or practices are typically a good fit to work with your team at Advisor Architect? Yeah, established practices work best because what I what we're not designed to do is to show somebody who's never been an advisor before how to get started. Um, we could, but the real benefits are for the established practice that's probably generating at least half a million dollars a year of recurring revenue. The larger the practice, the more we can help because usually the larger the practice, the more waste and inefficiency that's going on in the practice. And by us being able to come in there um, and show them how, well, first by analyzing their numbers, which too often advisors have never done. It's not unusual for me to show them how to save $100,000, $200,000 a year in just basic um, management of their current assets, their current money, um, the money that's coming in that too often advisors have no idea where it's, where it's going. Firms that have very large staffs and question whether or not all those staff people are needed, um, they're a very good fit. But I really think the most ideal advisor for me is the one who has an ambition to become his largest client. Because too often the focus is on hitting revenue numbers that really have been created by the vendors who provide the products that financial advisors sell. They don't set profitability goals, largely because the profitability goal does not suit the vendor. It's not in the vendor's best interest. In fact, I have argued that product vendors would rather financial advisors not be super successful. They want them to be hungry and always selling more and more and more. But you get to a point in life where you probably start to like to live a life. And there's no reason why you can't become your biggest client, but you have to have a profit system in place that ultimately guarantees that. Too often financial advisors, they're, they're, they're running these transaction operations, and I think maybe in their mind that they're hoping somebody's going to buy it, but the reality is it's probably not going to be the case. If they do, they're not going to get this huge multiple that they think they're going to get. So what we have to start doing is we have to start um, living the life that we tell our clients to live, and we have to build a practice built around profitability, more importantly, investing that profitability, not in our business. Because when, when I hear that line, you're investing in your business, we're not publicly mm-hmm. traded entities. No, you're spending mm-hmm. money. You do need to have an operating expense. Don't get me wrong. But when you have profitability, that has to be invested for your, your long term. So the advisors who find themselves bloated, the advisors who find themselves not having um, as much free time as their business grows, the advisors who find that as they grow, their profit margin is shrinking, those are pro- advisors that have serious problems, and those are the ones that advisor architect is built to serve. That's awesome. So, Dan, uh, that being said, um, if somebody's listening to this and they want to connect with your team over at Advisor Architect, I mean, what's the best way for them to reach out and to kind of see if they're a good fit? Right. Well, I really think the best way is first go to dancapril.com. 
That's my name, D-A-N-C-U-P-R-I-L-L.com. And sign up for what is my almost daily email. Every day, almost, I send out business advice to financial advisors. And if you do that, you'll also get a complimentary copy of my subscription newsletter. And then from there, you're going to have multiple opportunities to reach out to me in other ways. But I think the, the, the most basic, less threatening, less time commitment way to do it, just go to dancaprill.com. You'll enter your email address in there. And after that, you'll start receiving information on an ongoing basis. And at that point, if you want to reach out and, and decide to work with us in some manner, you'll have the availability to do that. Fantastic. Well, Dan, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing more about your background, how you built your practice, and also um, to really um, what you're doing out there for other financial advisors. I think it's a great work you're doing. A lot of people can use the help, and I think it's just going to be good for the industry overall because you're really expanding it there. Um, And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Money, definitely give us a subscribe there, but also leave us some comments in the video. I'd love to know what kind of projects and things that you're working on. And Dan, thanks again for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Adam.